Hi, this is Africa Investor Stories, and today we have a very interesting guy. He's a Jamaican heritage like myself, and he's also living in Kenya, like that's where I met him, and he's been doing business there for many, many years now, and he's got a background in pharmacy, and he's a very educated man, and he's going to tell us his journey about why he left England and went to Kenya and what life was like in Kenya. So nice to have you here today, Rick. Thanks very much, uh, Simon. Yeah, um, it's nice to be here. Oh, so okay. he, he wanted to know why I ended up in or came to Africa, Kenya. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so t tell us what it was like. Yeah, tell us the story starting from England and then we just take it from there. Uh, basically, I was doing pharmacy, qualified as pharmacy and secondary school science teacher and uh, wanted to set up a business with an a, a ex-university friend of mine. And uh, we needed about 150, 200,000 UK pounds to set it up. We wanted to do pharmacy with uh, Afro-Caribbean products and a salon. Now, the bank uh, was interested because we're both pharmacists. And uh, but they said, we don't specialize in pharmacy. So what we need to do is uh, link up with um, our, our people who deals with the pharmacy medical side. And they were called Unichem. Unichem spoke to us, looked at our business plan and said, well, we don't understand the Afro-Caribbean uh, side of the business, but we do understand pharmacy. So we can offer you three of those. You know, you can choose from three different ones. And uh, if, you, if you agree to it, 70% of all the products that you buy must come from our wholesalers because Unichem were uh, drug and beauty wholesalers. Didn't like the agreement. Uh, because I thought at that time, uh, supermarkets were the ones who were getting all of the pharmacy business. So I just thought to myself, no point in crying about this. Let's just continue to save. And uh, in a couple of years time, take the business abroad. We looked at Jamaica, because of course that's where I'm from. We looked at Ghana, because I visited there also. And we looked at Kenya. And uh, we found that Jamaica was probably the best place because we spend quite a lot of our disposable income on looking good, feeling good. But because of the gunshot situation at the time, I, I decided against. Ghana was a bit slower, but Ni Nairobi, Kenya had a, a good growing middle class of ladies. Uh, and that was really our target market. So we came to Kenya to go to, you know, to start up in Nairobi. Okay, that's good. So you decided to, to be in um, Kenya. Yeah. Why Mombasa? Well, couldn't find um, a place in Nairobi. Everywhere you went, there was some story or another. Stories like, oh, I can't meet you now. I'm in a, a meeting with my wife and, and things like that. And at the time, we had a phone call saying, I hear you guys are looking for some premises to start a business. We're based in Mombasa. Is that okay? Uh, came straight away to Mombasa. They showed us a few and the one which they weren't actually showing us. I, uh, we looked at it and uh, I thought it was a good location and everything. And we ended up with that particular uh, shop. Okay, that's good. So you ended up with that shop. Tell us about the process of setting up the business. How did that go? <laughs> now that's a good question. Setting up the business was tricky. I'd never set up a business before, not in the UK. Um, so I didn't know exactly how to go about it. Fortunately, my partner had a relative who was a solicitor. 
And uh, so he set up the business on paper, on computer, etc. So he was able to set the business up. And, uh, but then uh, we now needed to get premises, the legalities of getting premises, making sure that we're not going to get ripped off because there's quite a lot of that go, goes on. People buy premises or, or buy land and only to find out that the person selling it wasn't theirs. So um, it was a lot of to and fro because didn't understand how the system worked. For example, they've got this thing called a PIN number. And without this PIN number, you can't get electricity, you can't get water, you can't set up for taxes, et cetera, et cetera. So I didn't know that um, the solicitor guy had actually set me up with these pins and everything. So when they kept asking for this, we didn't know what they wanted. And, but eventually we got there in the end. So it was quite tricky. It was quite tricky setting up business. But um, we got there in the end. I managed to get two different independent people in Mombasa to help me with the negotiations for the premises, the goodwill and the rent and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, uh, so let me just jump in there. There's a couple of things you're kind of racing ahead. One I'm interested, I know the audience is interested in how did you go about the process of getting a solicitor, a trustworthy one that you feel comfortable with? And the other thing is explain goodwill because goodwill is something that I personally said, I'm not paying. And just for the audience here, um, if you look up the shared screen, the map, there's um, Lick's Nail Salon or Beauty Parlor, where Lick's Nail is online. But the location is in Kenya, Mombasa on the coast here. And it's on the east coast of Africa, it, opening onto the Indian Ocean, which we'll go into later. But yeah, go, go on. Go on. Um, so, so if you can answer those questions. Okay, so the solicitor, we were fortunate that she had, uh, my partner had a, a cousin who was a top solicitor in Upper Hills, Kimama Curious Solicitors, and uh, did a great job in setting everything up. So that part was easy enough, but you can get a solicitor easy enough. And so he set all of that up. Now, when we talk about the goodwill, in, in the UK, goodwill in pharmacy means that you're buying another pharmacy and they've got X amount of turnover, and so you're paying goodwill, you're paying a certain amount of money for that guarantee level of customer and income. Well, in Kenya, it doesn't work like that. You pay just for the location. So the goodwill is for the location. It can be an empty shop completely, which ours was. But because of the location, you still pay their goodwill, hmm. which was about, I think it was about five or six, uh, was it about five or six thousand pounds, something like that. It's a fair amount or something like that it was quite or a thousand i can't remember but it was a good amount of cash that's a lot of money compared to what i paid for the gym yeah i think yeah. they actually scrapped the gym because they actually scrapped my goodwill so i said no i'm not i'm not why should i pay for that yeah and, well yeah at the time you probably didn't have many places when you were there who were having gyms and things on top of a, a big massive mega mm. supermarket do you understand yeah but yeah, just but a, this was ground floor, uh, right in the heart of town, so maybe. So I'm interested, I didn't know England had goodwill. So goodwill doesn't go, is that something that's tax deductible in England? Not exactly sure if it's tax deductible, but what it is, it's a level of money that you have to pay for that guarantee customers that that company who had it before you used to have, okay? So like pharmacy, for example, you've got the dispensing side, you've got the retail side. And if they do X amount of prescriptions, 
government guarantees you or is guaranteed to pay you that amount of money every month for the, that level of prescriptions. So you know that you're going to earn something when you get that pharmacy. But in the terms of it here in Kenya, you buy a business which might have been a restaurant. You have to gut that or they gut it for you. And then you have to buy it and put all of your own products, tools and equipment in there and furnish it out from scratch. You're not guaranteed any customer, but you still pay goodwill. <laughs> the system is a good little racket. But, you know, when we go to sell, we'll be able to get our goodwill back. Yeah. And more. Yeah. So, um, I suppose, yeah. Yeah. What goes like around that. comes around. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that was so it, that, that was a bit tricky, frustrating, but there was no getting out of it. If you wanted that place, you're going to have to pay that goodwill. So, move, moving along to the, the business itself. Yes. How was the supply chain? Because we spoke, uh, Obviously, you've got different qualities of standards of materials. I'm just going to bring up, um, as we speak, your your place of business so people can see what we're referring to. This is uh, Licks Business on the social media side. And we're scrolling. So you've got some ladies here and they're doing a massage on the roof. Rooftop, yeah, in the sun. Yeah, in the sun. Tell us, tell, tell us about that. They're looking very happy. I can see some nail varnish. I see some glasses of alcohol in the back. Is that alcohol or juice? I don't know. It's just juices. <laughs> it's, just juices. It's, it's a project that we've talked about a long time is doing services out on the roof. You know, like you have the coffee bars and the coffee and people are sat outside drinking it when the weather's good in the UK and the US, etc. I'm pretty sure there's a market who wouldn't mind some privacy outside on the roof in the sunshine underneath a big parasol umbrella and being pampered pampered uh, with pedicures, facials, massages, uh, etc. <clears throat> so that's what that picture is really uh, trying to show that we offer, or at least we, we're thinking of offering. Okay, and then we're moving along. So I see all, all the products there. Oh, where, where do you source your products from? Are they from? From, from? Some from the UK and some from local depending on what we're trying to achieve and, and what the market will pay. So what would you uh, source from local and why? Uh, we'd source some air products locally because the locals are used to it and, and some of them, that's what they're paid for. You know, that's the level of money they're paid for. Um, but if we want to, some things like perfumes, uh, facial products, we want things that we can guarantee. Okay, things that we know and can guarantee. Okay. So those things that we'll buy from the UK. So you're not sourcing anything from China then? Directly, no, no, because the amount of products that we use and the amount that we may sell, for example, is not big enough for that extra cost at this moment. Okay, okay, okay. So, I so see the next picture, mm -hmm. go on. The next picture that you're looking at there um, is uh, before and after makeup and showing that we, we do makeup. And it's looking at the products and the, the quality of the products that we use. And you can see that we've gone the mid-market range or, or I'd say the mid-market in Kenya range, uh, L'Oreal, Rimmel, Maybelline, that type of uh, quality that, that we use to train people in makeup and that we use to do people's makeup for different events. With. Mm -hmm. Like this lady's got quite a few blemishes. I'm not sure if that's the correct term. 
that do is you, the correct term. Do you specialise on dealing with that naturally, or is it always covering up to deceive some poor bloke in a club? It, it really depends on what that person wants at the time, because it's okay. an area that we want to sort of like build on a lot more. In fact, I say build on it is looking target in the face, because when you target the face, you've got a lot of things going on. You've got eyebrows, you've got makeup, you've got facials, and then you've got medical conditions like these blemishes and acne. Uh, many people still think that you can just go to a salon and a few facials will, will, will heal the problem, but of course they won't. So um, because of my pharmacy background, you've got that specialist knowledge of the different medical creams, products, even tablets that that person might need if they want to permanently remove that from their face. Okay. So yeah, I see you go quite deep with the facial where you've got, um, I, don't, I, I don't know anything about this stuff. So, yeah. so I will ask today. So she looks quite relaxed with that massage going on in her head. Yeah. Yeah, that, that she, it's a very relaxing massage. It's a facial, that one. So um, with the facial, many comes for relaxation. Uh, some comes for blemishes, oily skins or breakouts, et cetera, et cetera. And these products that we use, uh, we only use the ones from the UK, actually, for mm -hmm. our facials. And we do use natural products. We, we've got a massive range of different essential oils, depending on the skin type and the skin condition that we when we do our skin analysis and find, so yeah. What's the common skin problem out there, if any? Because I know from when I was living out there, a lot of people have perfect skin because the sun's beating down on, on them all their day and they're on the beach and they wash themselves with the sand um, and everything. I would say breakouts and very often you've got people who are using the wrong products for, them, for their skin. So for example, you've got people who might buy cheap stuff. And of course, we don't know what's in those products and they get issues. The other thing is because it's uh, hot and sweaty, people don't want their skin to be, you know, to be seen too shiny, too sweaty. So they use baby, what we call baby powder or some kind of towel and just pat that in. Of course, you're blocking up the pores, skin can't breathe and do its natural thing. You get breakouts and blemishes. So it's a matter of educating people on what, what is the correct way to daily routine to look after their skin. Have you, have you, I don't know if you do, have you considered doing vlogs, little short vlogs on this subject from your salon? Because that will bring a lot of people to your salon. If you explain things like that, especially yeah. like I'm a layman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is, we'll, we'll think about doing it now, Simon. So <laughs> not a bad one, yeah. Thanks for that. Okay, no problem, no problem. Okay, what's been the most most popular thing that you've done, uh, business avenue that you've Business-wise, I would definitely say the introduction to Mombasa of gel polish, because okay. we were the first ones to bring gel polish to Mombasa, especially uh, gel polish that could last four weeks and above. Right. Can you, being a layman, can you explain what gel polish is, please? Gel polish is a polish which is made of gel and uh, it's got long stay, basically. So ordinary polishing nails, for polishing nails, would only last a few days, three, four days maximum looking good, and then it would start peeling, chipping, etc. But this gel polish uh, could last a lot longer. And as a result of it, it became popular when people started seeing it on the internet. And again, that UK connection 
allowed me to be able to get all of the, the products that was required to do it for it to last. And that, that was it. And so at, when, we, when we came out with that and it was working, we were packed every day um, from the beginning, every day of the week, basically, from we opened to the end. And just to give you an idea, when we started, we charged 1,500 shillings, right? Which is about a tenner, 10 pounds English money. Now it's 500 shillings because so many people can do it now. It's a bit like braiding. Braiding in England is where uh, you get paid about 10 times. And that's, that's not exaggerating, 10 times more than you would to do braiding on someone's hair here in Kenya because so many people can do it. Okay, okay. Yeah, and in fact, Kenyans really, they don't go by, uh, they, go, they don't go by time and skill. So they're not going to easily want to pay for your time and skill. What they do is say, well, wait a minute. I brought the hair, for example, for braids. You're just putting them on. Do you get, so they don't, they don't take into consideration the skill of that person who don't know. And unfortunately in Kenya here, they don't demand that either because they don't want to lose the sale. But there you go. That's the situation here. Okay. So in this um, picture here, this is where you're doing the gel nails and everybody's quite fascinated. Well, this is a picture. I can't remember what it was, but yeah, I don't know if it was before Christmas one year or whatever. And we had quite a number of clients come in. And as you can see, we, we get Muslims, the Arabs. We get, we've uh, had a German lady who's been with us for about eight years. Uh, so we do get arranged many Asian clients comes also because when you walk in the door, there's the price list on the door. So everyone knows this is the price they charge here, whether you're local, whether you've come in a, in a Bentley, whether you've come on, on foot or tuk-tuk, as you say, the price is what the price is. And we do give discounts and, and different offers for, for our clients depending on loyalty.